On today's episode... And Hank called up and said, are you moving to Des Moines? And I said, we are. And my family and I are in the process of relocating. And he said, well, do you want to meet the mayors of Des Moines? Oh. And I said, they have, like, I thought they had multiple mayors. <laughs> like, that's weird. Um, somebody didn't win the election or whatever, right? Like, It's ASAP, a Strategic America podcast. And this is the theme song. And we don't have much time, just need it ASAP. Okay, thanks, bye. Welcome to another episode of ASAP. We are here with Greg Bailey, and I am Casey, and my co-host today is Kristen. Hello. Hello. Hello, um, everyone. <laughs> Hello, Greg. Thank you for being here. Um, Greg, we start the podcast off with a segment called Living the Dream, and so I guess we'll start out by saying you are with Denim, so can you just give us a little... A little synopsis of denim, and then we'll get more into it. But just up Give at the us top, a little tease on what that denim was a is. good segue. Living <laughs> the it? dream, and you work at denim. And <laughs> denim is the dream, and so that's a great segue. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me on. First <laughs> yeah. off, I very much appreciate it, and been a big fan of Str- uh, Strategic America. I almost said SA Strategic <laughs> well, America. We for, know yeah. it as SA internally, so yeah. that's yeah. totally fine. Yeah, but been a big fan and a client and and uh, supporter and just. Um, friend of the of the firm for a long time so appreciate the opportunity to be on the show and so denim is a software company that i founded and started in 2015 in fact the week after next will be our fourth anniversary oh awesome congratulations having a birthday (laughs) and uh and so we're a software company that some would describe as marketing automation Mm -hmm. for mobile advertising and we can get into Uh, what all of that means, but most of our clients are multi-location brands. And so you would think of systems or companies that go to market through franchises or dealerships or in the insurance or financial services industry. Uh, If you think about their distribution and sales organizations, those are the agents agents and Mm -hmm. financial advisors Mm -hmm. and agencies. Oh, yeah. Um, so that's, and then banks and credit unions as well have local branches. Mm-hmm. And so when you think of marketing automation for mobile advertising, that's really what our software and our product is at a very, very high level. All right. Great. Well, living the dream, working at Denim, um, how did you get to where you are and how, I know you're not originally from Iowa, is that correct? I am now. You uh, are from So Iowa. when people say, where are you from? We've adopted that, you. Right? Yeah. That's, uh, I'm from Iowa. I'm from Des Moines. Okay. And uh, But originally from a small farm town in eastern Missouri. Okay. Near, not, in, uh, not too far outside of St. Louis. Okay. But small enough that there were no stoplights. Oh, okay. So to that's, put that in perspective. Yeah. And Those seem uh, common around these parts, too. That's right. I grew in up in a yeah. no stoplight town. Right, we right. We did have a Casey's. Which is where everyone congregated. We do now in my hometown. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. But uh, I haven't lived there since the 90s. And so anyway, uh, got my undergraduate degree at the University of Missouri. So I'm a tiger from an undergraduate Mm -hmm. perspective. Did some graduate school work at University of Wisconsin-Madison and also out at Stanford Graduate School of Business. Uh, But from a young age of 20, entered the insurance industry. And so that was kind of my first job in college and then out of college was selling life insurance for Northwestern Mutual Oh yeah, and did that for seven years, had a lot of success doing that, and then ultimately found myself into corporate settings and corporate roles at companies like Mutual of Omaha. And this also had me moving around the country quite mm-hmm. a bit then and uh, met my wife. Uh, we've been married 13 and a half years and have two oh, kids right. and um, 
And so we, we started moving around every three to four years for different corporate roles. And so uh, worked in Madison, Wisconsin at CUNY Mutual Group, which also has a big presence in northeastern Iowa in Waverly. Mm-hmm. Wow. And You've then been everywhere. From there, we moved and relocated to Orange County, California. Wow. Because the winters in Madison were too harsh. <laughs> and, uh, Just took a little break from that. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And so we lived about 20 minutes from Laguna Beach. And awesome. I worked at a company called Pacific Life. Wow. And led marketing as vice president of marketing for Pacific Life. And then after a few years doing that, um, I was recruited to Des Moines in 2014 uh, by a company now called Athene. And you might remember Mm -hmm. that they had just gone through an acquisition in early, I guess, late 2013, Mm -hmm. uh, where they had acquired Aviva's U.S. business Mm -hmm. here in Des Moines. And now it's Athene. And so I was recruited in as their chief marketing officer for Athene. Worked there for just a little bit before I say that uh, I wanted to scratch an itch, which was starting a business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My wife thinks that I had a midlife crisis. <laughs> um, but um, but anyway, that's that's the kind that of is... the fast forward path of, of my track. Awesome. That I, is I... a crazy amount of just experiences to have, like... Yeah. And location changes and lots going on. We actually have something in common. I started my career path at Northwestern Mutual as well. Is that right? Yeah. I was um, more of an AFR, an associate financial rep. So I worked under actually a married couple um, who were both financial advisors and I kept their lives in order. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I've seen firsthand um, the financial advisor lifestyle and how crazy that is. So props to you for doing that for seven years. Yeah, absolutely. It was a fun track and I wouldn't trade it for anything. That was a great, great great experience and kind of set the foundation for my career. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All of that had to lead to you knowing how to put all Mm -hmm. of this together then, like with your startup. Yeah, there's no doubt about it that I could point back to all of those various experiences I had at each of those companies and taking pieces and parts of each of that. Uh, But primarily some of the pieces and parts that I had at CUNY Mutual Group, Pacific Life, and then Athene where I led big marketing teams and the difficult problems that we had uh, from trying to localize and personalize marketing at significant scale for all of the agents Mm -hmm. and but yet have corporate control over the message and execution mm-hmm. of the campaigns. And so that was a real kind of crux of, you know, the big problem that, that Denim is now solving. Yeah. Yeah. And what I guess that kind of leads into our next question of what did you really learn as kind of the top marketing um, executive of those companies? I mean, is there any big takeaway that you kind of learned from all of them or are there, were there individual lessons from each of them that you took away? You know, it's a great question. The one thing that just popped into my mind is that change is the constant. Mm-hmm. And that's a old axiom, right, that we've heard t- time and time again. But I'll give you a couple of examples to illustrate it, which are that during my time at both CUNY Mutual Group and then at Pacific Life, uh, mobile technology was really coming on to the scene in a big, big way, a massive way. And consumer behavior was drastically shifting in terms of how consumers wanted to receive information and communication. And so I just think back to the, that kind of era of, you know, 2008, 2009, 10, 11, 12, 13, let's call it, that kind of five-year stretch in there was the kind of the, the mass adoption of the iPhone, mm-hmm. the movement from a BlackBerry mm-hmm. era into the iPhone era, yeah. um, and then eventually the iPad era was mm-hmm. launched in that time frame. 
Um, and it, it, in addition to that, if we think back, even Facebook, as an example, was um, was kind of a nascent, well, I won't call it a nascent company, but they at the time, they didn't have a mobile app. Now, yeah. imagine life without a Facebook mobile app. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I lived in California at the time, and I remember visiting Facebook uh, kind of with a marketing group that I was a part of. And a lot of brand marketers in the group and about 30 of us were at Facebook for kind of a typical tour and, you know, some executive meetings with various folks at Mm -hmm. Facebook. And they had just hired a woman who was their first ever mobile product manager at Facebook. Yeah. (laughs) And we spoke to her and she had been on the job about six months. And she said, uh, Mark Zuckerberg had just given the kind of edict that... Facebook would become a mobile first company. And so I was hearing that within call it six or eight months of kind of that message being communicated. Right. And they still at that moment in time didn't have a a mobile app. Wow. Wow. And here she was saying, we're going to be a mobile first company. (laughs) And I was a marketing executive, as you pointed out at Pacific Life. And I thought, well, if Facebook's making that transition and that drastic of a shift in their business and their product, then that's going to have implication across all kinds of consumer behavior and ultimately on every business in the room, including mine. Mm -hmm. So what did I learn at these various places? Uh, Change is the constant. One example of that would be having to transition an organization from building websites and building experiences in, in the digital context from a kind of a laptop or desktop first approach like we had always done mm-hmm. into a mobile first approach. And so I went back to our office and held some executive meetings and broad meetings and a lot of um, strategic kind of conversations about how we were going to shift our entire focus about how we develop marketing to a mobile first uh, mindset. Wow. So you that were really cool. there at the beginning of yeah. Facebook and the yeah. being a mobile app. That's, that's well, it awesome. It seems like every stop along your way is important to where you are now as a startup. I'm like, you're hearing about the mobile, you're working in all these different areas. And that's yeah. kind of crazy that you just picked up all these things. It's probably funny to look thing. back on, um, like you said, the the Facebook behavior and thing now. It's probably funny to look back on that and be like, what was it like actually before that? Because now it's hard to picture it without mm-hmm. it. It totally is. And yeah. most listening would just go, what, what is he talking about? Yeah. There was a, what was Facebook before a mobile app, right? Well, yeah. it was a yeah. mobile website. And yeah. I, they I had, remember getting on, logging on to the computer and signing into Facebook. What it for, I remember when it, when Facebook began, mm-hmm. but yeah. Absolutely. And back in those days, uh, it was kind of this discussion about, well, why would anyone build a native app for iOS and Android? And no one, and and even BlackBerry was still mm-hmm. a little bit of a, a, a player back in those days. Mm-hmm. And instead, everyone was all about, I think, I, I don't remember exactly, I think it was HTML5 yeah. at the point in time. And they said, well, that's that's a web experience on a mobile device that will surpass the reasoning or you know the need for anybody to ever build a native app for you know various platforms well that quickly lost mm-hmm. and if you remember back then twitter was the rage oh, because yeah? twitter had the native apps mm-hmm. for the devices and um and so facebook had to play catch up and as we know now they did <laughs> yeah <laughs> so with all your connections you made how did you get connected with mike and john 
in Strategic America. The mayors of Des Moines. Yeah. <laughs> the mayors of Des Moines. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a gentleman named um, Hank Blank. And Hank, if you're listening, hello. I haven't uh, talked to you in years. Hi, Hank. But I had one cup of coffee with Hank Blank in Southern California, in Laguna Niguel, California, at a Starbucks one day. And I was an executive at Pacific Life. And as you might imagine, I would get approached by consultants oh, and yeah. other marketing industry folks from time to time. And I... For whatever reason, I don't know why I took this. I thought his name was interesting. Yeah, I, I was just gonna say, what a name. <laughs> yeah, right, Hank Blank, and he really plays off of that. Uh, but uh, I had coffee with him, and you know, we never did any business. It was nice to have another friend, I yeah. guess, mm-hmm. or colleague. And but then a year or two later, I changed my LinkedIn profile that you know I was heading to become the CMO of Athene in Des Moines. Mm-hmm. And Hank called up and said, are you moving to Des Moines? And I said, we are. And my family and I are in the process of relocating. And he said, well, do you want to meet the mayors of Des Moines? And I said, they have, like, I thought they had multiple mayors. Like, that's weird. Um, Somebody didn't win the election or whatever, right? Like, and... um, and so one thing led to another and he reached out and he introduced me to Mike and John. And I remember the first phone call that I had with Mike was I was sitting on my patio in the backyard of our old house in in Orange County, California. Mm-hmm. And um, and he said, well, when are you going to get out here? I'd love to, you know, have you buy our office or, you know, just go to lunch or whatever yeah. it might be. And that was the beginning of just a wonderful relationship, um, both on a mentorship basis, you know, as he introduced me just now. It's, oh, yeah. It's more than just the fact that, you know, when I was CMO at Athene, we did some work here mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. SA. Yep. And, um and now that I have denim, we've done some work here at SA. Yeah. Um, and so, but it, but it surpasses all of that. And I think that's not just me. That's typical of the way the Schreers handle themselves and go about their their lives and their businesses, right? And it's something that I try to emulate. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah, he was great, talking great about mentors. you before you got here, yeah. just talking you up. And then you get here and it's like, oh, he's a big fan. Yeah, so he's a very big fan. Well, yeah. and that's extremely mutual. Oh. It's extremely mutual, yeah. When did you know you really wanted to move into entrepreneurship and create your own startup from those experiences? I think everyone kind of gets to a point in life where you scratch your head one day and you go, have I reached every the pinnacle of what I tried to set out to accomplish? Mm-hmm. Right. And for me, it was one of the scariest professional moments that I've had in my career where at the time I was, I guess, about 41 and I had never set a career goal. I'd always, I've always been a very goal-oriented type individual, mm-hmm. uh, especially in a professional sense. And I had accomplished and checked the box on my final career goals, which was to be a CMO mm-hmm. of a big organization. Didn't have really any desire to do anything other than that, to be a COO or a CEO That's of a, a big company goal. or anything yeah. like that. And I went home one day and I told my wife, like, I actually am kind of scared for the first time in my professional life that, and I explained what I just said. And, um, and so one thing led to another from that point forward. And I thought, well, I haven't ever really given it a big try of starting a company, but Mm -hmm. I've got an idea that I think could work. Mm -hmm. And so as I began to have some conversations about the product idea and the problem that I saw in the market with a lot of other marketers, Mm -hmm. uh, became really resonant that this could work. So I got a lot of great feedback before I ever finally made that decision mm-hmm. to jump into being an entrepreneur and, and you know, hiring a team and putting people around me that could help me build a product and, and take it to market. 
That's so cool. Very cool. Yeah. I actually was just at an event yesterday where they were t- talking to a person who started their own business and um, they were kind of talking about taking that leap of faith and knowing up front um, how you can support other people as somebody or as somebody who knows somebody who's starting a business. So um, she said one of the best things she had kind of just started putting feelers out, like I'm maybe starting to think about this and the most supportive people and the most um, the people who are still present in her lives are the one that's immediately said to her, great, what can we do to help you? Or what can we do to support you? So are there any of those people that really stand out to you? Well, the Shreers, yes. (laughs) Um, Strategic America has been extremely supportive of our company Mm -hmm. and over the years, and that's been wonderful. Um, In the Des Moines community, I've often said, and I'll say it again, which is that if I was still in Southern California trying to create denim and start denim, or I was in a different market, I don't know that the community there would be nearly as supportive. Mm-hmm. Different different places have, you know, reasons why we love them, like three hundred plus days of sunshine in yeah. Orange County, yeah. California, <laughs> right? Um, and today it wasn't. You know, I'm sure Orange County is probably not like forty degrees when we wake up in yeah. the morning. You know, but um, but. Orange County wouldn't have the same kind of community yeah. of entrepreneurism and mm-hmm. support, right, that, mm-hmm. that Des Moines does. And so in particular, I give a shout out just kind of to the to the vibrancy of Des Moines tech startup scene. And it's really growing and mm-hmm. it's really they call fascinating. It the Silicon Prairie. I've yeah. called. Yeah. Yeah. So the Silicon Prairie is um kind of originally originated out of Omaha. And, yeah. But yeah, if you think about Omaha, Kansas City, Des Moines, mm-hmm. kind of that triangle um, there, maybe even a, a polygon of sorts over into St. Louis. But um, uh, yeah, that would be the Silicon Prairie. And yeah. the community here is very, very supportive. And so, um, you know, it's every just about every week having coffee or a lunch or something mm-hmm. like that, a meetup with one or more entrepreneurs just mm-hmm. to talk about the good things and the bad things Mm -hmm. and everything in between that goes on in building a business. Awesome. Well, I think we're going to take a quick break and then come back with more about denim. Love what you've heard so far on ASAP? Follow us on social media by searching Strategic America. You can also sign up for our newsletter and check out new blogs at strategicamerica.com. Now back to the show. We are back from our break, and once again, we're here with Greg Bailey. Um, I just wondered, you're a leader, you're an entrepreneur. What does it take to be a good leader? Boy, that's a deep question that (laughs) I could unpack for like 30 minutes, (laughs) but I'll try to be succinct here. And uh, the first couple of things that come to mind are values. Mm -hmm. And so leaders have to be trustworthy. And um, leaders aren't leaders unless they have people that they can lead. And in order to have people that you can lead, those people have to be able to trust you. And uh, there has to be a certain level of consistency, of expectation, that it's difficult for a leader to be able to lead effectively if they're um, not, uh, you know, at some level consistent in their approach uh, consistent in their behavior. Um, and so values being trustworthy, what does it take to be a leader? I think it also takes 
uh, tremendous vision mm-hmm. and optimism that I don't think most of humans, uh, most humans want to sign up to follow people who can't see the future mm-hmm. and, um, and, and don't have a strong vision of what that will be. And then a path, you know, a plan to, mm-hmm. um, to create that. And so those are just a few things that come to mind at Denim, uh, to, to circle back to Denim, we spent an inordinate amount of time as a young company about a year and a half ago, creating, uh, values of our company. And so the four values for denim are think big, be open, create impact, and be awesome. Oh, I love that. I love it. And so those are our four. Um, and so that kind of speaks to thinking big, our big big ideas and big vision for what, what we'll do as a company, as a, as a tech company. Being open includes things like that diversity creates the best outcomes, mm-hmm. diversity of thought and experiences and all these yeah. different things. Um, create impact is just a healthy reminder every day when we show up to do what we do that let's focus on being impactful for our customers, for our other colleagues and employees, our stakeholders and shareholders. Um, and then, uh, the final one being awesome is just kind of that fun element. Mm -hmm. You know, in fact, we kind of have some iconography that we created for each of these four and, I love the the be awesome iconography is a cupcake with a candle in it. <laughs> and so, um, so yeah, it's fun. Oh my God, those are amazing. Yeah, values. those are awesome values <laughs> yeah. to have. And I like that, you know, just going back to, I think the Midwest, I think it's important to have those values very prominent in the Midwest and how that um, impacts your daily work, life, job, everything. So that's really cool that you guys have those very prominent in denim there. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Um, So we kind of talked about what denim does and the kind of um, paths that goes down with the different insurance. So innovation and insurance can kind of be an oxymoron. So talk about how the challenges um, and stresses affect what you do at denim with the insurance industry. Yeah, so it's it really is part of our ethos as a company. And my having spent 21 years in the insurance industry before leaving it per se to to create a tech company mm-hmm. in denim. And on one hand, it was kind of the point that I was, wow, I'm not going to be able to change the insurance industry fast enough from the inside. Mm-hmm. But I saw an opportunity to try to change the insurance industry from the outside. Yeah, and so. You know, startups by their very nature and tech companies by their very nature are fast moving, Mm -hmm. take bigger risks. Um, It's almost by definition Mm -hmm. that in order to gain market share and do things as a young company, you have to take bigger risks than, say, a very large, stodgy, conservative insurance company would, Mm -hmm. right? And so um, having experienced, you know, trying to change from the inside out at two or three different insurance companies... um, you know, I thought I could make a, a bigger impact by doing it from the outside in. And that's what we've been up to now and selling denim into insurance companies and financial services companies and banks and credit unions and so on. So that's been part of our story, our ethos. And um, in terms of innovating, um, I think of it as thought patterns and feedback loops. And so this gets a little bit philosophical, I realize. And but if you'll kind of hang with me here, mm-hmm, absolutely. that innovation is nothing more than p- 
people thinking of new ways of doing something that's been done a certain way all along, right, mm -hmm. for a period of time. Yeah. And so one, one example would be, well, insurance was always sold using a paper application. Mm -hmm. Well, how else could you sell insurance, right? Or underwriters have always done underwriting by asking a, 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 an insured uh, a host of medical questions mm -hmm. or driving behavior or, you know, whatever type of insurance it might mm -hmm. be. Well, now there are droves of different data sets that can inform underwriters much better than even asking the client mm -hmm. about mm -hmm. those questions. And so a lot of different fashions and ways in our context at Denim, how's marketing always been done? Well, in the insurance industry, the uh, if you just look at it from a budgetary perspective, up until a few years ago, the lion's share, the major, vast majority of annual budgets were still related to print um, and still related to postage, mm -hmm. i.e. things like direct mail, mm -hmm. um, a lot of outdoor, a lot of TV, right, um, and media that way. And uh, very little was focused on true digital or mobile or social type experiences. And so saw the fact that that would be shifting drastically over mm -hmm. the next several years. Yeah. And we've created denim to, as I like to to refer to it, we're kind of in the catcher's mitt position mm -hmm. where we're just taking the pitches and catching them as the budgets and as the the industry kind of shifts. You really um, embrace change. Mm -hmm. You see it happening and embrace it. I yeah. think that's and adapt well to it. Yeah, that's a that's a great point. That's a great point. And I I try to fashion myself that way. That yeah. right now I'm not thinking about you know how our company's doing business today, even though we've got team people people on our team that do and support our customers that way. But my thoughts are about what's going to be around the next curve. Yeah. Uh, and you've been in places to see what's going to be around yeah. and taking that in. So that's really, yeah. well, I guess that's what makes a good leader as well, seeing mm -hmm. the change <laughs> and embracing it. Like you said, change is constant. So the fact that you're just like, yeah, let's go with it. We're doing things new. That's really cool. I appreciate that. Um, so I wanted to also talk about, you normally have a denim summit. Yeah. And instead this year, you're going to have a user group meetup. Yep. And what are some things for people that aren't going to be at the meetup that some takeaways, like what's going to be going down at the meetup? Yeah, right. Gonna, <laughs> if you can't make it, what what are they missing? So uh, in the last two years, you're right, we've, we've hosted and created a, an annual conference called Denim Summit. And it's been for anyone that wants to register and is interested in innovation, technology, marketing, uh, mobile types of consumer engagement topics. And so we've hosted everyone from folks from Strategic America to customers of ours to marketing and IT leaders at banks and insurance companies and so on for the last couple of years. But this year we've changed that up a little bit and we're going to bring it a little bit more intimate. Um, won't be a big annual conference. It'll mm -hmm. be a smaller, more focused group of denim customers and selected prospects that we invite and um, a couple of things that we're going to cover off on there is we've learned in the last 12 months that a product that we introduced in our in our software platform about a year ago called smart campaigns denim smart campaigns think of it this way smart campaigns is an intelligence engine that we've built in our technology that optimizes automatically optimizes mobile ad spend so oh, if you wow. think about um, our technology integrates with Facebook and Instagram and Messenger mm -hmm. and mobile apps and mobile websites and so on and so forth. And um, 
it's kind of like this automatic engine that is constantly and always optimizing for whatever the um, the objective is that the client running the campaigns is trying oh. to get out of it. So we now know that across our customer base, when they use our smart campaigns feature, that their ad spend is stretched at a minimum twice as far. Mm-hmm. Oh. And at the outlier, uh, we've had a couple of experiences and times where clients have been able to stretch their ad spend 7x. Wow. So if you think about that, they used to spend a dollar, a hundred dollars, let's say a hundred dollars for whatever the outcome is that they're driving toward. And now at a seven X improvement, they can spend $14 instead of a hundred dollars and get the same result. Wow. So you got, it kind of learns and gets smarter with the campaigns then. That's exactly right. All right. That's exactly how we describe it. And to our investors, investors like hearing the words network effects. Mm -hmm. And what that is, simple way to say it is that the more customers who use our software, that creates a lot of data. We refer to that as resultant data or performance data. It's anonymous Mm -hmm. performance data. Mm -hmm. Our technology now uses that data to get smarter. Yeah. And that intelligence engine that I referred to. And uh, and we're, we're seeing the outcome of that now. And we've built some products specifically around this intelligence engine called Smart Campaigns that really takes advantage of it. And our customers are getting, you know, between 2x and 7x improvement awesome. in in their uh, in their effectiveness of advertising mm-hmm. when using denim. So it's a it's a very powerful thing that we're going to be talking about at our yeah. user group meetup. That's going to be going down at the meetup. <laughs> um, I like that. And um, and another thing though that quickly uh, we're getting ready to launch our next product, and we're always you know, focused on what's the next product that mm-hmm, can be really mm-hmm. helpful for our market and our customers. And so when we think of product, that's more software. Yeah. And um, and so we've got a product coming up uh, that when this is published, when this podcast episode is published, it'll be released within about a month of uh, the episode going live. And it's called Denim Pages. Okay. And we're now focused for the first time with Denim Pages, we'll be really, really focused on delivering a what what we like to call a post-click experience. Um, so and if what's you th- that exactly? Yeah, post-click <laughs> experience. What we've done up until now is everything about the what we call the pre-click experience, which yeah. is how do we deliver advertising that's extremely personalized to the mm-hmm. recipient yeah. in the local market that they're in. And so we're... In an insurance context, we're delivering a mobile ad, for example, from a local insurance agent that is down the street or around the corner from where you're at. So proximity and localized, personalized delivery of those ads. Um, With Denim Pages, think about once a consumer clicks on an ad, Mm -hmm. the experience that they see then on their mobile device. Okay. And so that's what Denim Pages is going to lead us into. It'll be the first time that... um, that we know of that anyone's ever created an infinitely scalable uh, landing page template builder. So picture building a landing page once mm-hmm. and it creating a thousand unique landing pages for a thousand different insurance agents all wow. at one time wow. or, or uh, franchisees all at one yeah. time or dealers, et cetera. Okay. So, oh, really um, cool. so we're really excited about denim pages. We think that's going to be a tremendous gain. The other thing that that will enable for the first time is localized retargeting. So I know we're getting overly specific about marketing tactics <laughs> no, now, but, but yeah. uh, that's but what that's, this is for. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> this in podcast world. <laughs> so up until now, we haven't had a good answer in denim, frankly, for for the retargeting element. Mm-hmm. And with denim pages, 
uh, automatically out of the box, the Facebook pixel will be pre-installed on every denim page that's ever created. Wow. And so we'll manage that programmatically and automatically right within our platform, our software. And that will enable both uh, what we would call a pixel audience or a, a mm -hmm. custom retargeting mm -hmm. audience, right? Uh, also look like uh, mm -hmm. targeting audiences based on that that pixel. And so localized retargeting at scale. So kind of picture that if you could. Mm -hmm. That gets to be pretty complicated. But yeah. Our software is going to make that really, really easy. So that's wow. exciting. That uh, is coming with Denim Pages. Awesome. That is super cool. Well, um, we don't have a lot of time left, but I just wanted to see give you the opportunity um, if you have any things you want to plug besides what you just kind of plugged there, but any um, places we can find denim or that listeners can find you if you if you provide a lot of more information on um, denim or the cool things that you're doing right now, where can people find you? Yeah, so our website is denimlabs.com. So denimlabs.com. And we love blogging. And so I'd invite people to check out our blog on our website. Yeah. And about every week, uh, we put new content out there. And so, yes, there are blog articles and there are ebooks and there are case studies and there are webinar recordings and there are podcast episodes. We have a podcast mm -hmm. called Denim Rivet. And so we would, we've published something like 75 or 80 episodes of the podcast over the last cool. three or four years that. I guess if somebody wanted to hear kind of our entire story, they yeah. could go back to the beginning days of Fellow hearing. podcaster. I'm looking yeah. for a new podcast to listen to. So <laughs> check out Denim Rivet wherever you listen to podcasts. <laughs> Great. And um, and that's how people can find us. Cool. Very cool. Well, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank um, you. We look forward to watching Denim grow in the next few years yeah. and up and coming. Thanks Keep so much. Embracing change. Thanks for being here. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks. Bye, everyone. ASAP, a Strategic America podcast, is produced inside the walls of Strategic America, a marketing agency located in West Des Moines, Iowa. Visit strategicamerica.com ASAP for more.